Welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast. The music is dead. Long live the music. Welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast. I am Kyle Hawk, editor-in-chief at itsalldead.com, and uh, joining me is uh, senior editor Kyle Schultz, all the way in Chicago. Kyle, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you, buddy? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, you know, we had mentioned when we did our last podcast uh, that we were we had intended the day of that podcast to do a podcast on Fallout Boy and kind of like look back on their career and rank their albums and songs and ended up just nixing it because of the Blink-182 news. And now that feel that almost feels like a year ago. Like it's crazy how long ago that feels, even though it was like less than a month ago. But um, we are not going to talk about Blink-182 except for the two times that I mentioned them. We're going to talk about Fallout Boy today. And uh, we're doing this for a few reasons. One, because I think both of us in our own way are kind of Fallout Boy fanboys a little bit. Uh, would you agree with that? Yes, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, so you can call us nerds or lame or whatever, but uh, they put out a really great album uh, earlier this year, and we're going to be talking about that. And it was so good. The The new album was so good and caught me so off guard by how good it was that I, I knew that we needed to do this to kind of hash out, like, you know, what the best Fall Out Boy albums and songs were. And, uh, so that's what we're doing today. So I thought we'd start off. I guess by talking a little bit about, we can both share, I think we've kind of talked about this before, but just to start us off for people who are listening, maybe it's their first time, uh, let's talk a little bit about how we got introduced to Fallout Boy. So I'll have you start us off about like where, what happened and uh, why you started listening to him. Well, uh, my story is fairly interesting. It started in a deep well of hatred. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, when um, From Under the Cork Tree, came out and hit really big my uh, girlfriend at the time was obsessed with it and it was one of those things that just being a high school guy even though I was really big into the punk or pop punk scene uh, they just didn't do anything for me and it annoyed me that I had to hear their music so much and uh, the year that album came out and honestly all the way until probably 2008 I didn't give them a passing glance I didn't listen to anything and then um, I was working at Panera Bread, and in the back, we had a record player. Record player, Jesus, I'm an old man. Uh, <laughs> and someone put in from under the cork tree and just started blasting it. And it was one of those things that I hadn't heard it in so long, I didn't even recognize it was them. And I got into about five songs in to the point where um, Nobody Puts a Baby in the Corner came in. And I had to actually ask who it was. And when they told me it was Fall Out Boy, I wanted to fucking kill myself. <laughs> and then... Uh, about three hours later, I sat home and owned every album they'd ever put out by that point. Nice. And so you and you've been on the bandwagon ever since then. Oh yeah, extremely obsessively. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for me, um, I was in college and I had a roommate at the time, and we we kind of listened to the same music basically, like everybody I lived with kind of did. And uh, so I mean. Back then, you know, I mean, you found out stuff through the internet, but you also like found out a lot more just by because your friend was listening to something, you know, like I feel like that maybe that's still happening on college campuses or something. It's not happening in my life. I, I know what I listen to and I know where to look for it. But uh, so back then, the guy that was my roommate had a CD and 
it was like the coolest cover I'd ever seen. It was like all blue and it had these guys sitting on the cover and it just looked cool. And I was like, this is awesome. So, um, we put it on, listened to it and I liked it. Um, I wouldn't say like I immediately was like over the moon about the band, but I was like, Oh, you know, cool fallout boy, whatever. So like a year later, um, I was working at the, uh, uh, college radio station where I was going to school and they had MTV on and, they were playing the fallout boy song and I didn't know that like they'd released a new album and it was sugar. We're going down. And over the course of probably the next month, everywhere I went, I heard that song and saw that video. And then everybody was listening to fallout boy. Like they were suddenly like the biggest band on the planet. And I immediately being the young dumb idiot I was back then, I still kind of do this sometimes. I try, I try to be aware of it, but I immediately was like, Oh, screw that fallout boy. Yeah. I don't listen to that crap anymore. (laughs) Um, which is what I did with a lot of stuff. Like if it got popular immediately, it wasn't cool enough for me anymore. So I just wrote them off and tried to avoid them. And then infinity on high came out and it was immediately just so good. I couldn't deny it. And I I went all in. And so I've, you know, I've been on the bandwagon since then. Um, but, uh, my first experience was that first album. And so it's, it'll be interesting to see how our experiences kind of, shape how we ranked things um because I, I know that that definitely plays a role in it i know that i've got a lot of early stuff on the list I, I tried to have a pretty good mix but um i'm not one of those guys that is like uh you know oh only the first album was good you know only take this two grave was any good everything else sucks um that makes it you just said you had a lot of early stuff on the list well Boom. <laughs> <laughs> i think you are uh overreacting to my statement a bit but so sorry. <laughs> so I, but this is, they're a polarizing band like that because they've got the scene crowd, like the people that have been on the bandwagon since the early days and who are still like begrudgingly on. And then they've got like the mainstream crowd, like people that would only listen to this kind of music because it's Fall Out Boy or Panic! The Disco. Um, they're yeah. undeniably one of the biggest rock bands on the planet. And uh, what I love about them is how, what I think something that's always attracted to me is how self-aware they are. Because I remember they used to have this t-shirt that they sold on the website. It was white and it came with like a a permanent marker with the shirt. And it said, fallout boy started to suck after, and then it listed all their albums and it came with a marker so that you could put a check mark in the box (laughs) next to the album. (laughs) And I was, (laughs) they always seem to do stuff like that. Just be like really aware of like that sort of stuff, which I always thought was really kind of cool. Yeah. That kind of plays hand in hand with, uh, the so-called self-narcissism that everyone's aware that Pete Wentz has. So I can see that being a part of the draw to them. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And so, um, gosh, we, we're going to go through, we'll go through their career here a little bit and kind of talk about stuff and, and where we, where we rank it. Um, and, uh, and, and discuss that as we go. Cause they've, they've gone through a lot of different shapes and forms over the years. And I, I would argue that they've done most of it pretty darn well. Um, which is pretty amazing. Cause I, we'd talked about before, like in my mind, when they got back together, came back from the hiatus, there was no way in my mind that they were ever going to reach like the popularity that they had before the hiatus. And I feel like they've almost surpassed it at this point. Oh, I would say so. Like before that they were a big band, but they were mostly known to the scene for the most part. Like, I mean, they're a mainstream, but you didn't have a lot of people really gravitating towards them. And since they've come back, they pulled everyone in. Yeah. Like they've, they basically surpassed whatever it was uh, the fan base they had beforehand. Now it's just everyone's in. Yeah. 
my mom listens to fallout boy like she literally downloaded fallout boy songs um and had me put them on her ipod (laughs) and that's that's how you know you know what i mean like and i talked about fallout boy before and it was one of those conversations like oh yeah fallout boy have you ever heard of this band it's like yeah i've i've talked about them for over a decade now um but that's when you know when your mom is listening to the band that's that's when you know that it's it's gotten to that point and they and they deserve every bit of uh, success they've had so we're going to talk about all that um let's go ahead i here's a fun way to do it we're going to work backwards through the albums and I'll have you start with your number six album and explain why, and then I'll do my number six album. So let's Ooh. let's start low and work up to number one. All right. Well, my least favorite album, and I'm about to take a lot of shit for this, is "Take This to Your Grave." Oh boy. Yeah. Shots and I'll tell fired. You why. Oh no. Um, I'll tell you why. I came in around the time of a little after Infinity on High, and for me, Infinity on High and From Under the Cork Tree. I listened to repeatedly for months at a time and take this to your grave was a good album. But by the time I'd gotten to it, I'd already gone through the other two so many times. It just almost didn't matter to me. And even to this day, I mean, it's like eight, nine years later, I've only listened to take this to your grave all the way through probably four or five times. Um, You know, I, I only know the really the hits from that album and I've, it's one of those things, I love the band, but I've never given that album the time of day for whatever reason. And uh, I can't say, I can't talk shit about it, and I can't give it too much glory just because I don't know a whole lot about it other than just a few slight songs. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's totally fair. I mean, I mean, I don't I don't think you're alone yes. in that. It's the, <laughs> the loudest group of people in this discussion are going to scream on behalf of Take This To Your Grave because they came in on that album right so no one likes them anyway they stopped listening to music (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean you know it it's all about your experience right so that's i get that um why it surprises me still is because like i know your musical taste like we know each other and like based on other stuff like if you like you know ocean avenue by yellow card like take this to grave is like a, a great album or you know i'm trying to think of like ways to describe it it was part of that like pure like unadulterated pop punk so it yeah. surprises me that you never went back and got more into it than you did, but I understand. Um, I'm going to give my number six, and it is Save Rock and Roll. And I should say in this that, you know, we're ranking these one to six. It doesn't mean that, like, number six sucks. For me, I don't feel that way about Save Rock and Roll, but it is my least favorite. And I, I think that it's, uh, of their albums, The I do think it's the sixth best. Um it has some good songs on it. I was really excited when it came out. Um, but for me, it's not, they didn't perfect that. It was like they were making this transition towards like this anthemic, like pop rock music. And it they weren't quite there yet. So like, it's good, but it's not like as good as they're going to do it. And I'll, I'll explain that later as I work up my list. But um Save Rock and Roll has some great songs. There's some songs on it that I just, I can't listen to. Uh, no offense to like the the song with Big Sean, but like that's that's an example of a song I just can't get into. Uh, Where Did the Party Go is another one. I, they said that was the first song that they wrote, like Patrick and Pete wrote together when they started writing music again. And I, it feels that way to me. I think it's, it's a little sim- simple to me, uh, but 
I don't hate it. I think like the title track, Save Rock and Roll with Elton John is incredible. Uh, the Phoenix is a great song. Uh, my songs know what you did in the dark is really catchy. Um, so there's some good songs on it. Just for me, it's, it's definitely the one I listen to the least. So I will let you respond to that if you wish, and then go to number five. Uh, I'll, I'll hold off my opinion of save rock and roll for just a little bit longer. It's, uh, it's on its way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, my uh, I'd say my number five spot is I will never pronounce this correctly. Fully adieu. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's one of the albums that it took me a long time to like, uh, just because after Infinity on High, there was such a high standard for what the next album could be that there was going to be some harsh feeling towards it. And it's a good album. It has a lot of really good songs. A lot more now that I go back to it and listen to it uh, more often now, but. There's just something about it that still doesn't quite hit what I want it to be. And it's also one of those things that for when the band went on hiatus so soon after this came out, you can kind of tell they're getting worn down just writing this music uh, part of the way through. And it's also one of those, it's one of the albums where um, the first half is just amazing. And then at least for me personally, it starts to wear down and I don't, I can hardly remember the second half most of the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, all valid points. I'm, I'm going to respond to that when I get there. Uh, my five is teasing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's, it's like, this is really going to keep people on the edge of their seats. Uh, um, my number five is, uh, from under the court tree and, uh, another album that's, you know, I had to go back and get into that album. Like I mentioned earlier that Earlier in the the podcast, I kind of skipped over it at first just because it got so wildly popular. It does have a lot of great songs on it. A lot of my favorite songs in there are not the singles necessarily, um, but some Mm -hmm. of the other tracks. um, It's really good, like emo pop punk music. Um, But there's it's it's long, like it's like 14 songs long, and I know that that's not necessarily a long album. But for Fall Out Boy, I don't know. There's some filler on that album for me, like some songs I can just easily skip over and be totally fine with. and, uh, you know, the song titles are just obnoxiously long, <laughs> which is not a reason I ranked it at number five, but it's still worth noting. So, Yeah, um, I will respond to that one just for the fact that From Under the Court Tree is my number four. And it's a, that's the album that I put off for so long just out of pure stupid high school hatred for – not even hatred. I just couldn't enjoy it. And uh, – yeah, it's it's been ten years. I can't remember any of the names of any of the songs. <laughs> They're just ridiculous. Yeah. But um, it's an album. It really, it's one of the uh, few albums I can think of for the pop punk scene that it almost put a new standard for the time. Just um, when the album came out, it was kind of in the waning days of you know the golden years of pop punk around two thousand four ish. Right. And for a genre that was seeing its uh, its way out the door. This album had so much goddamn swagger to it. Yeah. Like there was just confidence to the band that really shouldn't have been there for all intents and purposes. <laughs> and it it was a really deep album to me at, at the time. It's lost its magic a little bit. Um, like when I still go back and listen to it, I'm still just blown away that I didn't like this the first time around. But um, it's definitely not as high of a standard as I feel most people hold it up to. Yeah. So 
and we both ranked it on the bottom half of our, our lists here. And I think it's worth noting, like we can't understate like the importance of this album for this scene, because this album getting big, like changed a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, I mean, think about just the cultural impact. One, just Fallout Boy's career isn't the same if this album doesn't come out. I mean, maybe they're just always a scene band instead of being like worldwide huge rock band. You know, but you look at bands like Panic the Disco, Paramore. I mean, like you could just go on and on of like bands that were influenced in some way or another because this album got so huge and because people started looking for other music like this, you know, like not only the number of bands that came, like started a band and started making music because of this album, but other bands that also got huge because they were at the right place at the right time and also making really good music. So, um, yeah, the only other thing about this album is every song on it, I would consider to be a better single than dance dance. And for whatever reason, that's the song that just took off after uh, sugar were going down. And I've never understood that. It's honestly my least favorite song on the album. Yeah. Great music video though. This, this band has a lot of good videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so number four for me, Take This to Your Grave. I'm not going to say much more about it. It's a fantastic pop punk album. If I'm just talking about straight up pop punk albums, it's probably in the top ten for me. Um, it's it's just a great album when it comes to I love putting it on and just it's like that summertime drive album, you know. You can put it on, roll the windows down, blare it out. Um it's not like the best lyrically or best musically or anything. It's very early, but it's got that. It's got a uh, a spark to it that um, I don't know that some of their other stuff doesn't have, and I really enjoy that. So, um, number three from you. From my number three, I'm gonna say American Beauty, American Psycho. Okay. Um, it it just came out. I think when it first came out a month ago, it really did blow my mind a lot more just for the new experience for it than I think it has now. Um, I'm still listening to it a lot. It comes up way more often than it probably should. <laughs> but uh, it's it's one of the things that after they've come back from hiatus, um, you can definitely tell Save Rock and Roll was a transition album, and American Beauty is just amazing. Uh, you know, it, it's a so concise it's they focus on what they want they've played around with the songs on in ways that they have never done before and it's just an amazing rock and dance record that i don't think it would have been possible to make uh you know a few years ago when the band was even in their heyday back then and it's not the type of album they could have come back with it's just it's so different from what we expect from the band but at the same time it's directly where they needed to go yeah um, I I agree with pretty much everything you said. I think it's fantastic. Uh, and I'll talk about it more in just a moment. Number three for me is Folly Ado, which you talked about earlier. Um, this is an album that's grown on me. Uh, I would not have ranked that here, you know, even if, I don't know, a few years ago even. Uh, but it's it, it was a grower. And what I was going to say is like, if you are one of the people that was that's saying like, oh man, Folly Do, I love that album. Like even right when it came out, there's a 99% chance you're full of shit. <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like when that album came out, like everybody was like, you were either hating it or you were like, uh, I don't know. Um, but the more I listened to it, the better it is. I think it was it was hard at first because it it was a little bit thicker and deeper um, than what they'd done before. Um, it's not, it wasn't pop punk. It wasn't really like the emo rock thing. It was something different. And because it wasn't like all like self-absorbed 
Pete Wentz in his own head stuff. It was a lot more of like in the third person, like talking about culture and pop culture in general, that it was a little bit, I don't know, maybe harder for people to get a grasp on or wrap their heads around. But the more I listen to it, the more I love it. Uh, there aren't a lot of like just blow away like standout singles, but the, it's there's not really a weak point for me. Um, I really like it from front to back, and I've got uh, actually there's a one of the songs from that album is very near the top of my list of, of favorite songs of theirs. So I actually really enjoy it a lot, and I I enjoy it more as the years passed. So I going to number two. This is going to shock the ever loving shit out of you. Uh, I'm ranking Save Rock and Roll. Whoa. Yeah. Well, Save Rock and Roll is an album that, when it initially came out, it hit me in a weird way because it was not what I wanted from the band, but I absolutely loved it. And it played nonstop in my car for the better part of a year, and I really have ranked it above everything else for a very long time because the thing is, it's the album that they really came back with, they surprised everyone, no one knew they were recording it, and in the middle of doing this, not only did they change their sound and their style, they really took, cut out all the bullshit from it, and really put in new stylistic choices, they changed their sound, and managed to uh, not only springboard back to the fame they once had, but really overshadow that in just levels that we've never really seen before, and it always impressed me the songwriting for it always just kind of, I want to say shocked me just for the fact that I never saw it coming. Even if it, everyone kind of knew they were going to get back together, but we always expected yeah. something more akin to infinity on high or uh, from under the cork tree coming. Right. And this was just such a surprise. It, I really fell in love with it. Just, it uh, shook every expectation I had. Yeah, I gotta say I'm I'm shocked to hear that. You're you're right. You blew me away. Um, and for people that listen to our podcast, and if you you haven't before, Kyle has has sung the praises of Save Rock and Roll uh, quite a bit. Um, even even when uh, I was kind of poo pooing it, uh, uh, Kyle was really stepping up to the plate to defend it. So, but I'm excited now because that means we have the same number one. Because my number two is American Beauty, American Psycho. I said that I, it may have been their best album right when it came out. I've had more time to settle with it. I love it. It's a fantastic pop record. Here's why it didn't reach number one for me. There's not enough diversity on it. Um, and I, my wife was listening to I was playing it for her, and she at one point made the mention of like, you know, they're always like full blast at 10 on this album. Like they, Fall Out Boy has a lot of different styles that they can do, and they do experiment a lot, like songs like Uma Thurman. And there's a lot of like really cool things that they do as far as sampling that they haven't done before. But as far as just like pace, it's just like in your face from the first song. It doesn't really let off the gas pedal very often. So um, I wish there was a little bit more diversity on it, but I mean, I can't really talk that bad about it because I've, I've listened to it more than any other album this year by a mile. Um, and I absolutely love it. And so that means uh, that we both have the same number one, which is infinity on high. So I'll let you take it from there. For me, infinity on high is, it almost seems like a concept album to me. I don't know if it actually is or not because why look into it? <laughs> um, <laughs> It's, it's the album that really kind of grabbed my attention. When I mentioned that day in uh, Panera when they were blasting these, they played through from Under the Cork Tree all the way through, and then Infinity on High. And I'd already gotten hooked from uh, the Under the Cork Tree sessions, and then when Infinity on High came on, 
for being someone who had never given this band the time of day, when that came on, I literally just stood there and I wasn't able to do anything except just listen to this music. Yeah. Um, every song all the way through is just, it's what pop punk, not even pop punk, it, they mostly shifted towards pop for this, but there was just such dynamics to the songwriting and um, it's always felt like a dream wave to me where every song has its own concept of kind of a dream. Uh, it's very meta. They talk about being the band that you want to listen to and stuff like that. And just each melody for every song really caught me off guard. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. And the reason it overtook Save Rock and Roll for me is uh, getting ready for this podcast. I sat down and really listened to uh, Infinity on High and Save Rock and Roll, just like, yeah, I'm get my arguments in line. And Save Rock and Roll still means a lot to me. But then when I put on Infinity on High, Honestly, it's the first time I've listened to the album all the way through in probably a year and a half, two years, and I was hit with that sense of wonder again. Yeah. And it was something I honestly forgot about for a long time because I've been so obsessed with everything else coming out that really just sitting with this album and listening to it in and of itself is an experience unlike any other. Yeah, it's you nailed it. Um, Infinity on High is it's a masterpiece. That album kicks ass. And when you think about like the success they had after From Under the Cork Tree to step up their game that far uh, to what, in my opinion, Infinity on High is, is just incredible. Uh, it's a top 25 album all time for me. Um, it's got so many different styles on it, like from song to song. It never feels boring. It never feels like it just kind of like, you know, starts, I don't know, like treading water or anything. It's just full out like everything, all the changes of pace. Uh, the tongue-in-cheek lyrics. I think it's Pete Wentz's best songwriting as far as lyrics go. Um, and everybody in that band is on point on that album. Like, you know, as much as, like, people have talked about, I mean, like, the past couple of years we've heard, you know, my songs Know What You Did in the Dark. We've heard Centuries a million times. But I feel like when Infinity, and I, Infinity on High came out, like, it had everybody's attention. I remember the Saint of Scene it's an arms race being played like everywhere. Like you went, <laughs> it was just yeah. on and rightfully so it's an incredible single. And like everything they released off that album was absolute gold. Um, I just, there's no way for me that it, it doesn't rank as their best album. And it'll be hard for them to top it for me. Um, one, because I hold it in such high esteem and two, because I think it's just such a great album. Uh, just fantastic. So I'm really glad that we're in agreement on that. That's really cool. That feels good. Well, doesn't it? About damn time. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, lucky for all of you listening, we didn't just rank the the albums. We also put together our list of favorite songs. And so we won't spend as much time on this um, just because we've already gone a while talking about the albums. But um, let's each run through our songs and uh, and just, you know, state the songs and then, you know, why you ranked them, where you did. We don't have to go into great detail, but just a quick synopsis. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go? How do you go first this time? Okay. So number one, Till That Mickey just made my list of things to do today. It's track one on Take This to Your Grave. Um, so literally the first track I ever heard by the band. And there's just something about it. I couldn't probably make the argument this is like their best song or something, but it's my favorite. And every time I hear that dial tone and then those guitars kick in, like I just feel like... I'm like 19 years old again, you know, like I, I just, it's exciting. It's awesome. 
it's like some of the like angriest lyrics that you'll ever hear. <laughs> like Pete Wentz is like so dark <laughs> and to hear Patrick and his like, you know, squealy voice singing these like really, really dark lyrics about hoping somebody dies in a car crash. Um, <laughs> you know, it's so it's a weird that I would rank it number one, but it's so nostalgic for me. And it's such a perfect pop punk song that it just had to be there. Uh, number two was I slept with someone in Fall Out Boy and all I got was the stupid song written about me. Um, I love it. When I saw them a couple years ago, they played it like they were playing all their hits, like the singles. And then they played this, which wasn't a single, but I love this song. You know, Pete Wentz's cheesy screaming, uh, killer chorus from Patrick. It's just like a really awesome, upbeat, really cool song with really cool lyrics. Uh, best song on From Under the Court Tree. Number three, uh, Head First Slide into Cooperstown or A Bad Bet. My favorite song from Folly Ado. I just think it's great songwriting. And like it shows off Patrick's lower register, which is really cool because he's singing most of the song like way lower than he normally sings anything. But he's still able to hit like the big notes on the chorus. It's just a really fun song. Uh, number four, The Takeover, The Breaks Over. It's my favorite song on Infinity on High. The guitars are just freaking awesome. And it's like, it's one of those songs that doesn't ever like it's never what you expect. You know, it's got a chorus, but it's got like a really cool pre-chorus and then it doesn't really hit the chorus when you think it's going to. It's just like a really cool song. Uh, number five is Grand Theft Autumn. Another song from Take This to Your Grave. Just nostalgic pop punk. Uh, I think it's really great. Plus the cool song title. Uh, number six is Uma Thurman from American Beauty, American Psycho. Uh, I think this is the best song for the new album simply because it's got that cool like little riff from the Munsters. And there's references to Pulp Fiction, which I love. And uh, this song's going to be a hit. I don't think they've released it as a single yet. Like, maybe they have. But I could seriously see this song being on the radio, like, all summer long. Uh, number seven was The Phoenix. Um, it's the best song from Saving Rock and Roll, in my opinion. Really anthemic, really powerful, great live. And Patrick's vocals are just, like, out of this world on it. Uh, number eight is a random one that I don't think I've ever, I don't know, you just don't see this song listed very much, but you're crashing, but you're no wave. It's on the back half of infinity on high. It's got a awesome chorus. It's like really dark and kind of brooding. And uh, it kind of picks the pace up on that album again. I just think it's a really cool song. Uh, number nine is what a catch Donnie from folly. Ado. Um, I remember this meaning a lot more like after they broke up, because it felt like a, we're going away song. It's mm -hmm. got like Brennan Yuri and, Gabe Saporta and William Beckett and a whole bunch of people singing on the end of the song. And they're all singing like different choruses from like some of their songs through the years. And it's just really awesome. I think if they would have broken up, not gotten back together, that song would have been like legendary and it's still a really great song. Uh, probably their best slow song. And then number 10, this is probably just because it, it's still so fresh, but 4th of July from American Beauty, American <laughs> Psycho is so goddamn catchy. Like, Every time I hear that chorus, I just have to stand up out of my seat. Like, I can't sit still. Like, it's just so awesome. Like, that song is just a freaking awesome pop song. And uh, so it, it rounds out my list. Nice. Uh, for me, my favorite Fall Out Boy song is Head First Slide into Cooperstown from Felia Die. Nice. Uh, it's, it's just so catchy. I love it. I love the experimentation with it. Just the full range of Patrick Stump singing up and down the music scale 
uh, the cockiness to the lyrics. Yep. It, it's the only song I can think of that I'm like, yeah, it's about a cuckold relationship, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> it's it's just wonderful. It's the song I've gotten three other people into this band. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, just various people who'd never listened to the band. I played this and they're addicted immediately. It, yep. This song, I've just loved it for years, and even now, it's still my favorite. Um, number two for me is From Now On, We Are Enemies, from the Believers Never Die Greatest Hits album. Okay. Uh, it's a random song, because it's not very well known. I don't even know if it's been played live or anything. And it's essentially a B-side, but it's just so catchy. And I have no idea what the song's about at all, but I love singing <laughs> along to it. I, it's just a good rock song with a, an amazing chorus that, in the grand scheme of things, just makes no sense. Um, for me, number three is Don't You Know Who I Think I Am from Infinity on High. Nice. It's uh, my favorite song on the album. It's the most – it's basically like a living dream concept. It, it just everything on it, just, for me, represents the album cover. It's just this sleepy dreamscape, and it's very meta. It's the band talking about how uh, – they just want to mean so much to the listener, but everything, the scene they're surrounded in just gets off on everyone just being sad with emo lyrics and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, It's really meant a lot to me for a long time. Uh, number four is Dis Disloyal Order of the Water Buffalo. Uh, I can't say this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, also from Felia Dia. I really hold a lot of esteem on uh, the first track off of that off of albums and i think this is one of my all-time favorite uh opening tracks to any album out yeah. there it's just it's a slow burn that shows off the talents of everyone in the band once it fully gets going um number five is of all the gin joints in the world from from under the cork tree i uh, it's just a solid rock song it's a perfect pop punk song um it's one of pete wince's just catchiest sexual uh undertone songs and there's just so much power to the guitars to it like i can't help but love it right um number six is novocaine from american beauty oh it's a good one uh it's just such a good rock song and it's a, one of the grand experiments they have for it because it sounds like for me novocaine sounds like what coheed and cambria would do if they made a disco song whoa okay uh, <laughs> It's just Patrick Stump at the highest point of his vocal range, and there's a rhythm section which is essentially just the band members making this weird guttural noise, uh, like they're just kind of singing along stupidly. And it's such a weird section that it just builds momentum so much, and uh, it's just really good. Um, let's see. Number six or seven, I don't know which one this is now. <laughs> uh, the Phoenix from. Uh, save rock and roll it's another one that it's the opening track and it absolutely blew me away immediately um just the swish of the violin for it uh patrick stump just jumping through his vocal range it was a nice uh for as long as they'd been gone it was a nice just jump right back into where they left off yeah. for a very aggressive song that it's really catchy and it really just commands your attention when you finally listen to it yeah that put on your war paint line it's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number eight is Seven Minutes in Heaven, Ativan Heaven, from, uh, is that the actual title? Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> from, from Under the Cork Tree. 
uh, just another really good rock song. I'm, if I remember correctly, it's about Pete Wentz's like suicide attempt way yeah. back in the day, and um, it's a really good song. It's a dark song, and it's interesting because it's deals with you know kind of the issues of uh, going through suicidal thoughts. Just not even that dark. It's more hinted at more than it is said directly. Where it's just right. you know the lyrics of like "Don't leave me at home alone. I don't do well on my own," and for a song based off of something so dark, it's so poppy and catchy. Yeah, there's um, a weird mixture of genre there that really works very well. Um, number nine is "Bang the Doldrums" from Infinity on High, and oh. uh, it's a weird song because it means much more to me personally than probably most people out there. I when I really got into Infinity on High, I had a friend that I was really close to, and he was having a tough time with this girl he'd been in love with for probably two dozen, two dozen, we're not that old, uh, two decades. <laughs> and it was one of those things, she was getting ready to get married and he's having a tough time kind of dealing with, you know, that unrequited love of like youth. And Bang the Doldrums represented that to me for a long time, just the lyrics of like, uh, better off as lovers, best friends, not ex-friends, etc. And it was something that just kind of captured that moment in time for me as we hung out and as he was kind of dealing with uh, letting go of this idea that maybe someday something will happen. And it's a weird personal song that it holds a very odd memory to me, but I I like it a lot because of that. And sure. it just fits it so perfectly. And uh, finally, number 10 is my song to know what you did in the dark. And this is a weird one. Because when it first came out, I honestly did kind of hate it. Uh, I was so excited for Fall Out Boy's return and so pumped for the new album that even though I didn't like this song initially, I didn't care anymore because I was just so excited to have anything. Right. And uh, even when Save Rock and Roll first came out for the first couple months, I honestly skipped over the song every time. And it's one of those things that it's grown on me since the album came out. And as much as I love the album, I couldn't get into this. And at this point, I can't imagine Save Rock and Roll being what it is without this song. Yeah. It was, it's a dark comeback that just jumped anyone's expectations for what they could or would put out. And it's so different from anything they'd ever done before. Uh, for the most part, I guess like, you know, this ain't a scene is somewhat similar, but it's just on such a different scale in terms of genre that um, I think it's kind of a rough uh, start for the band, but at the same time, it really made their new career. Yeah. For me, uh, that song like was just Patrick Stump throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> like I think we were all like, oh, okay, wow, this guy means business because yeah. his, his vocals are just unreal. Um so yeah, cool list. Uh, I was surprised that you had two Folly Ado songs so high on the list. Um, that's really cool. Um, so yeah, I think something interesting about our list is how few singles there are, I guess, comparatively. There's just, you know, Fall Out Boy is famous because of their singles, but there's all these like songs laid on the albums like, you know, Bang the Doldrums or You're Crashing But You're No Wave, like things like that that are like these hidden gems that like real fallout boy fans know about that is really awesome. So I think that's kind of what's so cool to reflect on their catalog is they've got so many great songs that are just kind of there and were never big songs. Um, mm -hmm. 
So I guess to finish up this conversation, um, I've got two questions for you. Uh, one would be, um, where does Fallout Boy go from here? Because they're obviously not going anywhere right away. Uh, they're, you know, maybe at the height of their popularity. What happens now? I mean, where do you go from American Beauty, American Psycho? Uh, I see them plateauing and burning out very hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, honestly, they, for what they've done since they've reunited, they literally have uh, their pick of the poison. I mean, the path they're on now is pop music on a level above anything else out there. I think the closest thing I could say near them is Maroon 5, and Maroon 5 is honestly kind of a joke of uh, pop music at this point in their career, I feel like. I agree. And uh, Fall Out Boy, it's not rock like we're used to. It's not even really punk, but what they're doing is forging ahead with a genre that's really become stale, and um, it's really exciting to hear what they do with it, to be honest with you. So uh, they can really keep taking this just pop by itself by storm the way they are or i mean they've already proven themselves in uh growing their sound as much as they have i wouldn't be surprised to hear something more along the lines of um going back and doing like a pax am days album where it's just pure rock like they don't really do kind of you know the pop of uh save rock and roll or american beauty where it's just super heavy guitar um kind of similar to the way Green Day did American Idiot after Warning, something like that, where it's just, you go back and you just blow the speakers out. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's very weird. I don't see them uh, slowing down for a long time because fully adieu, you weren't super shocked by the fact that they were breaking up for me. Yeah. Like, um, like I said earlier, the second half of the album, you could tell they didn't have the same steam that they had when making the others. And after American Beauty... There's so much energy and passion to it. There's no way they're considering stopping at this point. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I would think, hope anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, they're really explosive right now. I think that they and they've added a lot of new elements into the band that people weren't expecting, like the sampling stuff and just kind of experimenting with some different styles. Like the title track on that album is like nothing they've ever done before. Uh, they're doing more collaborations. Like they're touring with Wiz Khalifa this summer. I know a lot of people kind of balked at some of that but i think that you know there's there's some creative avenues to be taken there that are genuine and good um so i'm excited to see what they do um i guess the the other thing is how long does a band like this stay together and keep going like do they turn into like i don't i'm trying to think of like even a good comparison because bands this big don't stay together that long anymore you know what i mean yeah. like where they're just going to inevitably always going to be around like do they ever just become like this I don't know, like touring act that plays all their hits or are they always putting out new music? Like, I don't know if there is a good answer, but I'm really fascinated to see, I guess, what the future holds in that regard. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those weird things because um, I feel like part of the reason they mentioned uh, the hiatus in the first place is just they had become too big. Like Pete Wentz's ego got the better of him. Patrick Stump was getting tired of kind of writing in that genre. Uh Joey and Andy want to do like more, um, you know, heavy metal and stuff like that. I don't, I might be just pulling that on my ass at this point. I'm trying to remember, but I feel like they've kind of gotten a lot of that out of their system. They've come back and it seems like they've almost meshed better than they did originally when they started up. Um, yeah. It's just one of the, it's one of the few bands still out there where it really genuinely feels like it's friends making music too. Yeah. That's um, true. 
Yeah, I don't know. My biggest concern, honestly, is uh, Patrick Stump blowing out his vocal cords. <laughs> like, that's my main concern because I don't understand how he's able to achieve that. Yeah, I think it's a lot of vocal coaching and training, which has, you know, made a pretty huge difference. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is when they were on hiatus or whatever, they all did kind of go their own directions. Patrick's solo career didn't really take off. Uh, you know, Pete's stuff, whatever that was. I can't remember the black cards or whatever. Like that was nothing ever came of that. I yeah. did like uh, Joe and uh, Andy were in the damn things and that band was good. Like if yeah. we only get one album out of the damn things, I'll be kind of bummed because I would love another album of that. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. So, yeah. um, so yeah, the point is Fall Out Boy is really good and uh, we really like them and now you know why. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for... <laughs> oh, man. No, this is fun. I, I like ranking things because that's the way I view the world, I guess. I don't know. Um, thank you for listening to this uh, special Fall Out Boy edition of the It's All Dead podcast. You can check out our site, itsalldead.com. we got all kinds of music news, reviews, features, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, check it out. Kyle's got a review on American Beauty, American Psycho. If you haven't seen it, go read it. Uh, Kyle, thanks for joining in tonight on the discussion. Thanks for having me. And uh, that'll do it. So uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and stay up to date. And uh, we will catch you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the official It's All Dead podcast. You can download our podcast at iTunes and find exclusive music news and content at www.itsalldead.com.